We are so happy that you guys are here with us tonight. Let's pray, and we'll look at God's Word. Dear Jesus, thank you for this time of year, God. There's something special, God, about family here tonight, God, with the babies, Lord, and the, the energy, God, that's just in this room tonight. We thank you for that. Lord, I pray as we look at your Word, God, that we'll remember uh, what we're here for and what it is all about. God, we... Just praise you again. In your name we pray. Amen. The angels showed up in Luke chapter 2 to tell the shepherds that Christmas is coming. Let's look at that, Luke chapter 2 and verse 8. It'll be up here on the screen so you don't have to worry about if you don't have your Bible with you tonight. It says, in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping their watch over their flocks by night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The angels brought good news of great joy. Notice the word there is joy because happiness is different than joy. Happiness is a feeling that comes from what happens to us, and it's temporary. It changes with your circumstances. And people say that a lot. They say, I just want to be happy. But really what they want is joy. Kyle Edelman says it this way, that joy is an inner sense of well-being and satisfaction that endures in good times and bad. It abides between happy experiences and sad circumstances. Joy is a gift God gives us when we allow him to be Lord of our lives. John 15, 11 says, These things I've spoken unto you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. See, God says, I want to give you my joy so that you are full of joy, up to the brim, running over. God wants to give you a gift of eternal joy that comes through his son, Jesus Christ. And that was the same joy that the shepherds experienced that very first Christmas. Think about just for a minute the shepherds that are mentioned here in Luke. They weren't famous. They weren't powerful. They weren't even really necessarily known for their hygiene. They were just, you know, a lower class type of person. There wasn't that much exciting about being a shepherd. People didn't think they were particularly important. They literally watched sheep all day. And I don't know about you, but I've never gone to a zoo to look at the sheep. It would kind of be like watching grass grow, right? And in Luke 2, we see that the shepherds were watching their sheep at night. So that's even worse, right? Now they're sleeping sheep. It's pretty, pretty boring. Did you know that sheep only sleep four hours a day? That's kind of crazy, right? Another fun fact that most people don't know is that when sheep have insomnia, they count people to help them fall asleep. <laughs> most people don't know that. But it was boring, right? And barring a predator trying to eat their sheep or a sheep wandering off and getting lost, the shepherd's job was boring, mundane, and routine. But right in the middle of average and boring and mundane, God breaks through with the most important event in history. An angel of the Lord appears, and the joy of the gospel breaks through the mundane. 
And many people live their life feeling that way. The same thing over and over and over again. The alarm rings, they punch into work, they clock out for lunch, they punch back in, they eat dinner, they watch the news, rinse and repeat. The alarm rings, they clock into work, they clock out for lunch, they clock back in, they clock out and they watch the news and, and eat their bowl of ice cream every night and they go to sleep. And the same thing, day in and day out and weeks and months and years go by and we get so bored. And some people turn to alcohol to break the boredom. Some people find excitement in the arms of a mistress or gamble away their checks uh, to experience some excitement. But the excitement from those things don't last. But see, when we really experience the gospel, the story of Christmas, the real Christmas, life can be routine, but it is nothing and anything but mundane. Let's look one more time in Luke 2 and verse 8. It says, in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping their watch over their flocks by night. Boring. But the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was an angel multitude of heavenly hosts praising God, saying, glory to God in the highest on earth, peace among them who he is pleased. See, joy broke through the shepherd's average and boring life in an amazing way. And fear was their first reaction. When they came in contact with this message from God, they were terrified. They didn't know what to do with it. And these were guys that uh, would normally have to protect their sheep from lions and wolves and bears. Oh, my. But the Lord, when the glory of the Lord showed up, it says they were sore afraid. But the angel was not there to scare them, but to give them a gift of joy, the gift of a Savior. This was a gift for the whole world. And the angel said, you're going to find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes in a feeding trough, a manger. And then the boring average shepherds got to behold the very first Christmas concert. Angels singing glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill to men. See, the angels didn't come before kings. They didn't come before wise men to declare the birth of Christ. They came before simple shepherds. They weren't sinless shepherds. They weren't particularly special shepherds. I believe God did that on purpose. 1 Corinthians 1.27 says, But God chose what is foolish in this world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. See, God has a pattern of using simple and weak people, and I praise God for that. 2 Corinthians 12.9, he tells us why. He says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. See, our weakness puts God's power on display. When we have very little, God can show us how much he has. And God uses broken and boring people like you and I to paint beautiful masterpieces with our lives. Because God loves a restoration project. And he puts his talents And his power on display through weak people. Verse 15, and we're almost done here. It says this. 
When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see the thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known unto us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and a baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the sayings which had been told to them concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things in her heart, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God. They had joy for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. See, the shepherds searched for that manger with that Christ child in it. And with all the stables and all the mangers in Bethlehem, you have to believe that God led them to just the right one. And it's fitting that the Lamb of God's first visitors were shepherds. I've never thought about before what they did with their sheep. It doesn't say they went and found somebody to watch them. It says they went with haste. But I imagine that everything else ceased to matter. And Christ took the priority after that special message from God. They weren't worried about their livelihood. They weren't worried about their possessions. They wanted to see Jesus. And the shepherds told Mary and Joseph all about the angels, and they praised and worshiped God together. Notice as they leave, the shepherds didn't write a book and try and make profit off of all this that happened. They didn't open a gift shop. They weren't looking for selfish gain. No, instead, they returned to their flocks, praising and glorifying God all the way, telling everyone that would listen about this baby boy and the joy that he brought to this world. It brought wonder, the Bible says, to everyone that the shepherds had told about Jesus and the heavenly hosts of angels. See, when you share Christ with excitement and conviction, it makes people very curious. After they received that gift of joy, those shepherds were never the same. Let's stand to our feet and bow our heads. Close our eyes for a time of meditation and reflection. See, we believe that you're here for a reason tonight. We believe there's not a person in this room that God did not ordain that you were here. And because of that, we believe that God wants to bring that same joy to your life that he brought to those shepherds. Your life may seem pointless and aimless and mundane and boring, but don't turn to sin for that momentary thrill that leaves you full of guilt. Instead, God has a glorious adventure planned for your life. If only you would put down your fear and pursue Christ. You may be thinking, I'm just average, I'm not special, I'm not talented, I'm not popular. My life is boring. Well, that's perfect. Because that means God can use you to do amazing things through his power. He wants to take your simplicity and build something beautiful so that everyone knows that the eternal artist had a hand in your life. God wants to bring joy to your life that can only be given through his son, Jesus Christ. Not happiness based on material things or circumstances that's so fleeting. No, it's so much bigger than just fleeting happiness. He came to give good tidings of great joy joy to the world. And if you haven't experienced that joy, the joy of knowing Jesus as your Savior, what better time than on Christmas Eve to accept that gift? Every head's bowed, every eye's closed. We've got so much to do this week. But nothing is more important than this moment. The Bible says our life is but a vapor. We're here just for a moment and then we pass away. Can you go back to a time and a place where you called out to God? 
Are you sure that you know God? Are you sure that you're a child of God? You can settle that right now once and for all. See, the Bible says there's four things you need to know in order to know for sure that you're going to heaven when you die. The first is that you got to understand that you're a sinner. And if you're anything like me, that's an easy thing to admit. We've all done wrong. We've all told lies and thought wicked thoughts and said terrible things to people. And because of that, the Bible says the wages of our sin is death. That's a separation from God forever in a place called hell. But Jesus Christ came. Emmanuel, God is with us. Jesus Christ came and it says, but God commended his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. See, Jesus 2,000 years ago literally came and walked this earth for 33 years and lived a sinless and a perfect life. And then he laid down his life on a cross in your place. He said, all the sins that Phil Wayman would ever commit, I'm going to take those sins on, on myself so that he can have my innocence. And when I accepted that gift, I became a child of God. Can you remember back to a time and a place, not a particular good time in your life where you went to church three weeks in a row? This is, this is way bigger than church. This is accepting the gift that Jesus brought that Christmas. You can do that right now, once and for all, never again having to worry about your eternal destination in the next life. You can call out to God with something like this. The words aren't magic, but it's about a decision in your heart to rather than reject God and what he did for you, to accept what he did for you and his gift. You can call out right now with something like this. Dear Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. And I know because of my sin that I deserve hell. Please forgive me. I'm turning from my sin and I'm turning to you. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Thank you for this gift that you brought on Christmas. If every head's bowed and eyes closed, just one more moment. If that's you, we're not going to come to you or bring you on the stage or anything like that. No, no means to embarrass you. But we want to pray for you right now. You say, that's me. I'm not ashamed of what I just did. I'm not playing games with God. You slip your hand up and you say, that's me, Pastor Phil. I made that commitment tonight. For the first time or the first time, maybe I really understood it. Just slip it up right now. No one's looking around. Amen. Anyone else? Amen. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, we thank you so much for what you've done tonight. We thank you for the joy that you brought. God, we pray that you would help us to remember that joy is not in our possessions, God. And joy is not in our pride. And that joy is not in people, God. But that joy is only found in you. God, I pray you help us to chase you and pursue you this Christmas. We thank you for the gift that you gave. In your name we pray. Amen.